0: Welcome to this and us, Brothers Rantcast, and before you start wondering, no, this isn't a joke episode like the last one, and we are going to attempt to bring you some kind of a non-suicidal podcast of sorts where somehow we're going to try and find something to talk about that probably isn't a lot to do with the Leicester game. Because at this point, listeners, none of you want to sit here and listen to how shit we were. You all watched it. We all watched it. We've all watched the last three games. I don't think we really need to to rehash it. So Toby, you and me, we're going to try and talk about maybe some of the bigger picture issues rather than drilling down really late into what was essentially another diabolical shit show. Sounds bloody wonderful. Looking forward to it. So guys quickly just to get this out of the way toby had some issues with his streaming service and was unable to watch the full game but because we're not really going to talk about the game that much it doesn't really matter just for uh housekeeping purposes guys it's just going to be my points this week because toby and i don't like to give three two ones and one two threes when we haven't watched the game entirely. In fact, we usually watch the game twice. So we've decided that this week, Toby's just not going to do points. And uh, since I have watched the game, I'm going to throw mine out. So guys, my three points, my man of the match was Burnt Leno. Nine saves, not much else you could ask for him to do. My two points this week went to Lucas Torreira. He ran around a lot. Uh, My one point, I couldn't think of anyone. I gave it to Eddie Nakedia just for Coming on and providing a little bit of, I don't know, energy or something different, which is actually quite funny because it leads into a point later on. Negative one, guys. I had to throw it to Alex Awobi. I've been backing him. Uh, I continue to back him, but the the shot that he put on at an important time for us, and not just that, but his just general nothingness in his in his play the guys just getting strapped of confidence again you can't blame him negative 2 guys i gave to granite jacker ah uh, as much as people want to talk about him and how he connects the ball i think everyone should take a really good hard look at how bad he is off the ball, how much space he leaves in midfield, and how bad he is at tracking runners. It's um, it's a real problem for Arsenal. And I think a lot of people have a one-dimensional view of Granit Jacker. Guys, number three, I went after him again. The bogey-eating, glue-sniffing, ginger gimp. Mustafi, I thought, was crap. Uh, other than just... And not even for specific reasons this week for Mustafi. I just thought he was crap in general. Maybe I took a, a, a an opinion into the game and I was just shitting myself whenever he was near the ball. But I thought his defensive decision-making was fucking piss poor. Guys, that pretty much wraps up the Leicester game. Another dire, dire performance from Arsenal. So, Toby, after that incredibly painful... 3-2-1 and 1-2-3. And, and again, I know you, you only managed to catch the uh, the extended highlights package. But I guess before we move on, mate, is there anything you really feel desperately that you need to add about the Leicester game or what you've seen or, or what you've read? Or would you like to just move into some general kind of Arsenal talk, I, Arsenal universe talk? I don't want
1: to talk at all about any specific games. I, I think... I think everything that's happened in this last week has really been a week, a, a, a culmination of. I'm going to call it a month. Yeah, but you know the the three games in the last seven days or eight days or what have you. You know, it's it's gone from a feeling of positivity, if not a little bit fearful positivity, to um, to downright apathy. So, I I think it's probably a. a a better way of approaching this discussion or this podcast to look at it from um, from a bit of a, a a higher perspective or an overall perspective, rather than you know the match itself, because it was a fucking shit show and and it's like as I said, it's a it's an outcome of how the clubs performed over the last week or so, and you know when the when the going really got tough, the players didn't get going, so you know. Mm.
0: The Arsenal sucks. Let's play hungry, hungry here, please. Pretty much, (laughs) Toby. It's it's interesting the way you kind of lead into that because you know there was a there have been a lot of comments around the place of almost a level of surprise at the Wolves result, and then a further level of surprise at the Leicester result. The Leicester was my least surprising
1: result, to be honest. uh,
0: yeah, well, I mean, you did. You you always had that one as a I th- I think, as a potential loss, mark on, our, a loss. on our on our run in just with the tips.
1: with the style of football. I, I thought we'd play well and truly into um, Brendan Rogers Rodgers- is um, and Leicester's hands because his teams have destroyed us in the past. You know the the four nil after twenty minutes at Liverpool. You know is a is a thing that's
0: yeah, but that was a Brendan Rogers team with Liverpool players. I know. So I know but lester i just act, i just i thought i thought at least we we wouldn't put that at least we would put that caveat well mate they didn't actually really counter us at all in fact they had majority of the possession outpassed us outplayed us and outmaned us in the middle of the park and had more men in midfield and, as well apparently so. yeah yeah well four, three, three 3 versus 2 is always going to leave a a man free toby mm. but just kind of on that idea of surprise and how the fan base seems to be reacting to this, like, overwhelming surprise that this has happened. You and I have had kind of a brief chat offline. I just wanted to know what your thoughts were about the concept that the Crystal Palace game was a mental breaking point for us, and that the amount of energy that it took for us to get ourselves back into the game at that halfway point and smash out 25 minutes of really good football how that loss actually has affected us and whether or not that's really been the crumbling point across the remaining Look, games. I,
1: I believe so. If that's a microcosm of the season or the turning point of the season, that five or so minutes or 25 minutes, um, then I, I actually truly believe that that was our mental crumpling point. Um, and we know that was largely down to to one player and, and his errors, and we don't need to go over that again. But the the level of effort that that took, you know, and the fact that we, we drew level on the 47th minute, we should have had that game. And with the way results went that week, we could have been sitting pretty in third, let alone talking about missing out on top four altogether, you know. So then we throw a Hail Mary selection-wise at Wolves and go out all out attack. Um, and fuck it up, and essentially play
0: completely into wolves' hands. And then,
1: and then we go to Leic- Leicester, and we have no confidence, and we we play timid. We give them the ball. Um, you know, errors occur. You know.
0: we play with a lack of belief. Yep.
1: yep. And look, we we have been through this, so we probably don't need to rehash old material. We we did a a a, a large. Section when we had some um, some guests on the other week about character cowardship, leadership, personalities within the team and their deficiencies. Um, so we probably don't need to to re
0: see Toby. What I want to do is I actually want to extrapolate out of that. Okay. Because when we covered that last time, I think we covered that with Manny and Ryan. It might have been after the the Everton game or after the Watford game. It was Ryan or and maybe Manny, wasn't both? It? I just said fucking Manny and Ryan. sorry. Cunt. Anyway, I wanted to just extrapolate out from that a little bit because that was a very individual view of the players and the leadership independently of those players and their personality attributes. What I kind of want to pull out and investigate a little bit with you is more the idea, the concept of mentality and the concept of whether or not, that break that mentality break was the last straw for a football club that was maybe already in fact i won't say maybe i'm going to call it a football club that was overachieving overachieving to a really high level to a level that none of us thought that we were going to get to and that it was so hard for us to to get ourselves into a mindset that we were actually capable of top three that a failure Of that magnitude and specifically that failure at Crystal Palace wasn't so much down to individual deficiencies, technical deficiencies and leadership deficiencies, but may have just been a mental fatigue breaking point and a hill that was too big for Arsenal to come back and overcome this far into the season with this many injuries and this much physical fatigue. And then a
1: a shit show of upheaval. In the background staff as well.
0: And I mean, we can't begin to quantify how this stuff has affected the players. How the Gazetas situation has affected the mentality around the club. The Mislintat situation has affected the mentality around the club. I wonder how Emery at this point in his... How do I put this? English speakery? His... Beakery.
1: Communicative ability.
0: Yes. Ling- I wonder- <laughs> linguistic. <laughs> linguistic <laughs> jinx. <laughs> I, w- I wonder at this point of Emery's linguistic ability and his hold of the English language, if he's actually even capable of getting across uh, the, the, the sorts of communication levels that you would require to get teams up and happening and moving after you know this, this incredibly dire run, but this incredibly predictable dire run, this run that we almost saw coming. I, 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 there are so many pieces of that to unpack. So just pick whichever bit of it you wanna pick and, and go for it. Mm. The upheaval of the board, Emory's communication, the background, the physical, the mental fatigue, the injury load, any of those things, Toby, go forth and shout into the ether.
1: Oh. Where do I bloody start? Look with the with the language thing. I think with any leadership role, use of language is or, or communication is one of the what nine tenths of the battle. Yes, would you agree with that? Correct.
0: So I live by the bullshit that comes out of my yes, mouth and how yes, it protects you, me you every do, day. You do. But that, that
1: language, skill, motivational skill, um, ability to look within each of you individual staff members and know what floats their boat and what motivates them and, and how to get the, the fire in their belly. With the way that um, he's able or, or, or not, as the case may be, to communicate with or how we've seen his lack of ability to communicate um, his messages with the media, how do we feel that he's getting those messages across with non-Spanish-speaking players? So tie into that the fact that he is a manager who, who sets up his team to play the opposition weekly and changes formation and personnel weekly uh, or, or each game um, and how confused those players would be then we enter into the the field of like mental fatigue, um, the injury list, the toll of playing three times a week, still trying to hang on um, in the in the Europa League, and then dealing with the fact that they actually had expectation, and we know the mentality of these players don't handle expectation well.
0: So it almost ties into what we were saying, what we're talking about this this overarching mental fatigue. And pressure on the club actually ties into what we were saying a couple of weeks ago. That on top of that, you then don't have independently strong characters to be able to drag the boys up by their bootstraps and move forward. Hmm. Hmm. On what level, Toby, do you think... I'll rephrase that. Toby, do you think that we have overachieved... And to what level? It's it's hard to say, Max,
1: because I believed I I believed in the different approach. We've seen performances this year in big games um, and away from home as well. Believe it or not, um,
0: that would lead you to believe that there was a growth exactly, in mental exactly. strength.
1: But there has also been a capitulation and ability. To fuck ourselves, which is so Arsenal and such a, a a repetition of of you know the last five or six seasons. So it's 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 a very confusing. I, I actually don't know how to feel. You know, I'm part angry uh, and part. Well, I never should have get my got my hopes up in the first place. But I really do believe that. We were in a position with how bad the other teams are at this at this end of the league um, that we really should have scraped into the top four at at the very minimal.
0: Well, in, you know. Well, that's interesting that you 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 kind of bring up that point about the other teams around us and the surrounding results. And I would kind of put this question to you: How is Arsenal at the moment any different from? Manchester United, Chelsea and Tottenham.
1: Well, we're the worst squad out of all them, in my opinion.
0: I, I I kind of meant more on current form. On current form, I think Tottenham have the most amount of points at six. I think Chelsea have three, Man U have two and we have none in the last however many games. But three I just games. think it, it, it's, it it's interesting to think that... Oh, oh. It's an interesting concept that majority of those teams have gone deep in Europe mm. and majority of those teams at this stage in the season when everyone, all the fan bases, and I know guys who are Man U fans who are screaming. I know guys who are Tottenham fans who are screaming. I know guys who are Chelsea fans who are screaming, and we're doing the same thing, and there is a commonality throughout most, and that commonality is that all of those teams went deep in Europe, Mm and all of those teams have played a fuck ton of games mm. i'd be really interested to have a look at the stats and see what the but we
1: always did i mean we we traditionally we would have gone further in the fa cup and still been juggling you know i mean champions league i don't
0: know whether going far in the fa cup is the same as going far yeah, well, in how how Europe so because how you, so? and well, then you we would have tra- done add in the travel add in the travel yeah,
1: and we would have done league just cup to... as well so i i, I just uh, yeah. don't buy into that i i think professional football sides a use you know and a, and a massive squad as well
0: what about when you roll injuries into that and you roll
1: no but that's more the part that i'm saying i don't think that's the case so much for the for the other teams i mean don't forget uh, it's it's an incredibly intense league it's a long league um there's no bullshit international games all the time there's champions league europa league two domestic cup competitions i mean it's it's a mental and physical grind, you know, and, and teams are, are really slowing down at, at this point all around us. But look, regardless of all that, we, we were a Nats dick away from doing it and overachieving against all odds, um, and we've managed to shoot ourselves in the foot in a spectacularly Arsenal manner so look in a nutshell yes we overachieve but we're at the point where we really should have hit that target and you know we've we've thrown it away somehow
0: mm. it is definitely a it, it's definitely a there are definitely more pieces to this, chocolate orange can, can
1: i add a couple of things no, what i'm, I'm you sorry would, to
0: then what you hold on i'm halfway through an analogy. Yeah. there are more pieces to this chocolate orange than what dawn french would is eat it a terry's chocolate orange must be it is exactly. and dawn french yeah. is eating it right but my, right kind of the point of that was not really anything to be honest but that there are more pieces to this puzzle than how many pieces of puzzle are in the box
1: well can i add a
0: Chocolate orange
1: segment, please. Um, yes, go for it. Dawn your French would be happy. Wonderful she does love a chocolate orange. She's eaten a yep. fuckload, I would say. She um, has. Is
0: that? Then watched her in the corner. I feel that fucking orange. I
1: feel <laughs> that we had players that shouldn't be as fatigued as they're performing. Uh, Torreira got suspended for the best part of a month. Missed out.
0: He's actually, but he's played quite well. Mkhitaryan
1: had a massive break with an injury layoff, hit the ground running, and then just wilted from from nowhere.
0: Um, so they, so then Toby, this what you are saying would, would back up the philosophy at the start of the podcast that this is a mental fatigue, this is not a physical fatigue.
1: Yeah, and look, if, if there's one thing that Emery has done is it's utilised his whole squad and he has given players opportunity for rest. He hasn't constantly played Bamiang and Lacazette, even though we don't have a third striker. He hasn't always played Mkhitaryan. He hasn't always played Ramsey. He hasn't always played Ozil. You know, he Gendouzi was, was a stalwart and then went in and out of the team. Torreira has been in and out of the team. Jacker has had little injuries you know apart from the the back four slash slash five um and the front two i i don't feel like the players have been incredibly overplayed i mean not in comparison to our previous eras where we only had a, a best you know a best 13 and that's all we ever did so Look, some of it is is certainly down to mental fatigue. You, you can't say with a season that long and that many competitions that there isn't a degree of mental and physical fatigue. But, you know, I, I think a lot of it comes back to, to player mentality. And, and, look, I know it's harsh, to use the word, but a cowardice of certain players, you know. It's just an inability to not just affect the game but to show up in the one-on-one battles which are required
0: to fight to exactly exactly so when you're losing every fight for the to fight for the exactly so when you're losing
1: every 50 50 and then you're losing every second ball even if you're technically superior to the team that you're playing you will lose
0: which they are yeah which which arsenal are and i would argue that that squad and we'll we'll go into this later on when we start to actually talk about the the squad as a whole, but I you know, and it's not a hard argument, but I would argue that that squad is technically more capable than any of the three teams that we've lost. Do
1: you know that there's only there's only a couple of players in that team that I believe have mental toughness and show show a body language of self-belief. and that's burnt Leno, and that's about it. Socrates potentially,
0: mm. um, Burnt Leno, Lucas Torreira, Socrates. Essentially, a lot of the new spine that we bought. Well, uh, I think I think that Obamayang um, shows a great deal of mental toughness because he's someone who can miss and keep. Yeah, missing and he keeps his head up and, and get up and, 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 and shows go again. Like and keeps his he head up. He enjoys his football. I, I think Lacazette is or has shown across this season that he has mental toughness. And that's actually because there have been times when he has lost his mental toughness and I feel like he's grabbed it and pulled it back. A couple of times he's been sooking and then he was throwing his gloves and he was smart enough, emotionally intelligent enough to be able to then realise that he was having a sook and start Well, to, when he worked the you know, crowd calm. that
1: game after... Yeah, yeah, that's what
0: I mean, when he calmed the crowd down. So I would say that that's a level of mental toughness. I'm looking right through the centre of the team and I'm thinking... No, there's some there's some some toughness there. But I think the problem is is that, you know, it's not an individual sport. It is a team sport. I think football is maybe the ultimate team sport because it can be one or two levers of the machine not levering Cogs. And mm-hmm. the whole and the whole machine stops making light globes. I just watched the Mega Factories thing on a light globe factory very interesting much more interesting than watching the arsenal Mm. but you know it, it only takes like one part of that production line to break down that would have been a much better analogy max it only takes one part of the production line in a factory to break down and your koalas don't have caramel in them anymore good work max yep good work where an I'm enigma at. You get wrapped in an
1: analogy wrapped in a shit. story that goes nowhere on a tangent.
0: <laughs> well, we've got to go fucking somewhere. This is I the know. Ars brothers. But you but you get what I mean, yeah? What I mean by that is it actually I don't think it takes a a it's lot very
1: simplistic of- max, any any like engine or mechanical device needs its smallest components to all work harmoniously to actually provide its function.
0: Yes, yeah. and the function of a caramello koala is to be a koala and be full of caramel. Yes. And right now, so we're, you, do you know what we are, Toby? Do you know what we are, Toby, right now? We're a fucking Freddo frog in the shape of a koala, but there's no caramel Is this a inside. fucking
1: chocolate episode? You've done You've done our, our past, you know, with the... With the UK chocolates and the Terry's chocolate orange. You've then moved on to Caramello Koalas, which are obviously from our Aussie era. Then you've moved on to Freddo Frogs.
0: Yeah. I've been eating a lot of Good chocolate. Good work, champ. It's been Easter. It's been Easter. Victoria, you know Victoria's a celebrator, Toby. <laughs> which celebrates. goes down
1: well in our family.
0: Right? Because as you know, Toby, our family, we are not celebrators. No. We don't celebrate. It's like... We are the we are the anti celebrators. Yeah, you know, even Christmas for us is just an excuse to drink and have an argument. It's we're not celebrators, but Victoria, my lovely wife, she is a celebrator. So what she did this year is she bought all these Easter eggs for Mum and Dad. I bet they didn't buy her. They don't fucking. No, they (laughs) fucking. No one bought me shit. (laughs) Did you get a fucking Easter egg from Mum? No. No, I got fuck all these. I didn't buy it. So she I bought didn't buy all these any Easter for, eggs
1: for Hugo or Mel.
0: I didn't buy any for Victoria, much to her dismay. So she bought all these Easter eggs, right, and put them in the fridge. And so I opened them up and I ate one. And she's like, "What are you doing?" And I said to her, it's a "Fucking Easter egg! It's Easter. I'm gonna eat an Easter egg." She said, "They for your parents." I said, "I don't give a fuck." I'm like, "They didn't get us Easter eggs." <laughs> so I ate those Easter eggs, and then she bought new Easter eggs to give to them. And I ate those Easter eggs. Oh, that's gold. I I respect the shit out of that. That's commitment. So, Toby, basically, Arsenal are a production line that's not producing football. Or chocolate. Or chocolate. Mm. But essentially what we're saying is... We're shitter than the sum of our parts. Yes, that there are elements of our machine that aren't working. And it's very hard to kind of... To troubleshoot that back and actually find what the, the core part isn't working, and it it may very well be like you said, not a technicality issue, not a personality, or not a technicality issue, not an ability issue, but a personality issue, or you know, a, a mental and, and a toughness team coherence issue,
1: issue, as well.
0: Well, Toby, let's 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 jump off that for a second and let's take it to the the next level let's take it to the next cog in the arsenal machine a lot of emery out chatter and you know we don't need to go we don't need to go into how stupid it is how, how crazy the emery out chatter is and how reactive it is but i thought it would be just interesting to to kind of look at emery and look at the size of the job that he has in front of him over the next couple of years. And at least talk about the absurdity of cutting his legs off before he's had any ability to assert himself or his style. I'm
1: sorry to butt in, but if you look at the signings alone, and whether they're all Emery or not, that's that's another story. But if you look at all of our recruits, they have all been the best players of this season. Now, all the ones that... Have let us down. Who've showed cowardice. Who've shown an inability to be up for the fight. They're all a remnants of the of the previous era. Would you agree with that? Apart from Steiner, yes. which hasn't worked out, which may have worked out in the background. All of those players have been a positive influence on our on our team. Would you agree? I would. Yes. So. To turn that round and ditch the guy who wasn't backed in January, may we add, all he got was fucking Dennis fucking Suarez. Great signing that. So to cut his legs from under him, as as you say, now, regardless of whether we're, what we do in the Europa League or what we do um, in top four, would just be would just be absurd. You know, we we've got. A complete shit show back of house. An owner who doesn't even know anything about football and makes outlandish claims, um, completely naive to the actual context of what we're part of or what you know or what it's about in the first place. You've got a chief executive officer who builds everything up, gets rid of you know a legend of a manager, and then fucks off a couple of months after because he's got a better deal. You've got the chief scout who wanted to be a technical director, which would have actually been a good model for us because it meant we could have turned over managers and kept our continuity, let's say. We fucked him off or we fucked him off so much that he decided to fuck off. So for me, the club is in total upheaval. It would be insanity to turn around and blame it on Emery, regardless of his faults. He hasn't even been given enough time to learn English properly. Do you remember how bad Pochettino was at talking yep. English? And we all thought, oh, who's this fucker? You know, he can't even be bothered learning English, which was really naive of us to say, um, imagine us going, you know, to Spain or Japan or something. We'd be fucked. But, um, you know, it's, it's just too soon is my, is my long winded point.
0: Toby, do you think it would be fair to argue that not only is the club currently overall in a worse position than when Arsene Wenger left it, but it's in a worse position than when Emery took it over? Yeah,
1: I would would agree with that. We've somehow managed to lose two of the big three that we were moving forward with. That was the club structure. They were supposed to be the new fucking A-team and then the manager was supposed to become more disposable to move beyond the era where we were relying on one person
0: our destiny so therefore the, the so therefore the concept the idea that emery is at fault is lunacy is insanity yeah it is
1: it is although i still think he should have he should have got his team up to scrape past um, this current predicament. You know, one one more point even would still have us in the race, let alone one more win from the last three games. So, you know.
0: Look, without, without some kind of deep expose, you know, one-on-one interview with Arsenal players, having them talk about the manager behind his back, we're never going to know how Emery attempts to prepare the players, how his coaching staff attempt to prepare the players. I refuse to believe that Emery's, Emery has run into any of these games without without a plan and a strategy and an idea of how we were going to progress and how we were going to do things. And it's, it's interesting because we, we look at things and we point fingers at failures of Emery, but a coach is only effective to the degree that a team can can go out and complete his game plan. I've got a point. You know, that's going I, to piss you off. I I refuse to, Well, okay, you 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 make that point in a tick. I'll finish this point. I refuse to believe that Emery is doing anything other than trying to win, trying to win with the players he's got, trying to win with the predicament he's in, trying to win while still. Obviously, keeping one eye firmly grasped on what I believe was his primary objective when he came in, which was the Europa League. And I find this concept very, very worrying from Arsenal fans that they think he's trying to do anything but that, and that being to win. Especially when, again, I take it back to a point that we both had earlier on. Especially when this team has overachieved, Emery has overachieved with a very limited budget with no January investment with an injury riddled squad with injuries at at terrible times where he has not been able to come in and buy players to suit a system but had to find a system to suit the players and then has had to change that system as those players have become injured and he's had to find new systems to suit players. Even
1: within the same game.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah. So the, the for me the 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 Emery out debate is insane. Oh, it's bullshit. It's an insane debate to have until I would argue the end of next season. Mm. And something interesting on that, Toby. The Arsenal board gave him a two-year contract with an option of a third. A two-year contract with an option of a third. He was a ferryman. That's 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 what he was. And I hope, my, my hope of hopes, because I do really like Emery, so Toby. Do I. I really like him. And I want him to achieve. And I want him to be good. I, think I want the him players to be have let him
1: down overall. I think he has his faults.
0: Which takes me back to what I said earlier, Toby. I do not believe that Emery is putting them out in a system to lose or putting them out in the system to fail. And what he's actually I doing... I just think that the personnel is, might be leaving him short. He's empowering
1: his squad. He's backing his second and third tier
0: players to get the job done. So, Which is more than what other clubs exactly. do. Exactly. More than what other managers exactly. do. In fact, it's more than what fucking Arsene Wenger yep. did.
1: Yep. Yep. Now, the point I was going to make before was the resurgence in form came when Ramsey came back into the team and the lack of leadership on the pitch and desire dropped off when he went down against Napoli. So there, there is a direct correlation between him coming back into the fold and then him leaving the fold and our dip in, in form. And he would have been very valuable in these more physical type of games, whether we would have won or not, I don't know,
0: but, he was always destined for an injury, Toby. But the only reason why he's been able to be this effective because he's been is because managed of well. the degree that he's been managed Now, my to.
1: point within a point was that the moment, and this, this ties in with his contract stuff, the moment that we rely on him again, his body fails, him and us. So that's where it might not be. My previous point uh, from previous pods was that it's actually quite a good breakup. You know, Even though he's he's certainly proved to us his value to the team, and I don't know where we would be without him this season, um, that it, it is a good time to part ways because we really need to put our eggs in a basket of paying someone a lot of money who can actually perform week to week um, and your Mesut Ozil's and your Mkhitaryan's and your players who are that inconsistent all fall into that bracket as well.
0: Toby, you are the king of the segue. when you don't know that you're performing a segue, I know, it's brilliant. You're, you're quite stupidly brilliant in a really stupid I, way.
1: I could not describe myself better. My brilliance is born of stupidity, and my stupidity is born of brilliance.
0: Well, Toby, we have the wear gene, and the wear gene is... Much
1: like the Simpson pretty- gene.
0: Pretty pretty dumb. <laughs> pretty fucking dumb. Toby, it, it brings us really nicely into the, I guess, the, the the, next stage of Arsenal fan dismay. Right? So we've been through stage one of Arsenal fan dismay, which was there's no effort. There's no hunger. Stage two of Arsenal fan dismay was Emery out. It must be the manager's fault. He must not be able to motivate them. Stage three of... Arsenalophobia, Mm. which is a fear of Arsenal sucking. Um, I've coined that, stick it on Wikipedia. Um, But stage three of Arsenalophobia is, or has apparently been, from what I've read on social media and what I've read on Facebook, to start calling for an 11 to 15 man rubbing out of players. How the fuck are you going to do that? An an entire squad rebuild, Toby. An entire squad rebuild from top to bottom. Everyone's gone. People are putting up lists of players they'd keep and there's three players that they'd keep, well, Toby. It's not fucking no football manager
1: and it's not pro-evo. So you can't just tear up contracts. A player is only worth as much as another club is willing to pay for that player. So even in your wildest dreams, you might we may be able to get rid of half a dozen let alone 10 to so 15 so our
0: mate Manny our mate Manny like Zilla himself said I don't know how many podcasts go a lot of podcasts ago he said whatever you do you can't do at Tottenham right and what he meant by that was what they did with the Gareth Bale money yeah we're essentially shocking. Tottenham yeah where essentially Tottenham in a in some kind of like a mad rush to get to the top and actually utilize all of the Gareth Bale money Tottenham went out and bought six players. Yeah. I think there's one player of that six players who were all at premium cost and premium still money. There. There's one player Lamella who's still there and, he and he does not get a start. And yeah, yeah, Eric Lamella doesn't even get a start yeah. all the time. So, I, I mean, I just kind of want to think about that and the idea that, as you said, I don't think that you can take more than five players... At a maximum. Because you know into what the excuse next One transfer year will be. window. He needs another year to get the players to bet in. You know, what I actually believe is, and the drum that I have been banging is, it's actually not our squad that is the issue, it's our starting 11. And by that, Toby, what I mean is, I genuinely believe that Granite Jacker, Henrik Mkhitaryan, Alex Awobi, Saeed Kolasinac are all actually squad players, are all actually 25 to 30 game a year players who should be fighting for a position, not being names that we're actually leaning on, names that we're relying on. What I would like to see next year is actually for those players to be moved into the squad and for us to bring in a key defender... A key central midfielder, a key left back, and a key wing forward. Yeah, agreed. For me, if we bought in those four positions, moved the other guys onto the bench or into rotationary roles. Is rotationary a word? Yeah, rotative I think it is.
1: rotationary, that's rotative.
0: Fine. Is that's rotative not a, word? a word? All right. So they need to be moved into rotatative roles and we actually need to go out and buy. One genuine leadership defender, one genuine central midfielder who's going to provide Torreira with both ball movement, body movement, physicality, and passing. We need to buy a left back who's capable of actually replacing Monreal. And I don't mean this year's Monreal. I mean the Monreal who we were calling a couple of years ago arguably the best left back in the Premier League. And we need to bring in a wing forward of world-class stature. Now for me that's a much more realistic view. So
1: of how the many players club. is that?
0: That's 4. 4. That's 4 players. That's then, me literally keeping everyone else. And then
1: what I would do is I would raise the money by selling fringe players and promoting from within because we know we have players.
0: So so for me look check is there's a there's a lot of money coming in regardless, Toby, from new sponsorship money from the forty million. I put that in heavy quotation marks, it's a load of shit. There's a lot of articles out there, guys. Have a read on how transfers actually work. You don't pay up front. There's lots of great stuff out there. But for me, you know, we are losing Pedacek. We gain his wage. We're losing Aaron Ramsey. We gain his wage. We will sell Mustafi. You know, we, we will gain some money from there. We will sell El Nenny. We will gain some money from there. I'm not big on bringing Reese Nelson into the fold, Toby. I I would rather see Reese Nelson left out on loan in Germany to develop, because I'm actually worried that the desire to bring him in negates the requirement for us to go get someone who is actually genuinely world class.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, I it uh, that for me depends on whether we keep Welbeck or not.
0: I've got Welbeck coming back. Yep. i tell you who else I've changed my tune on, Toby.
1: Mikatone, he can I've got Callum. Off.
0: No, no, no. I've got Callum Chambers coming back. I've got Callum Chambers coming back to the club and fighting for a position. We need four centre-backs. So for me, I have Callum Chambers, Socrates, Rob Holding, and we go out and buy someone yep. serious. And Mavropanos on my Mavropanos goes out on loan, or Mavropanos and K- and Kishelny stays Kishelny in the under-21s, he's barely played in football. Because we've almost
1: killed that prick, trying to...
0: I would be very surprised, Toby. I'm going to call it now. I think Koscielny will retire at the end of this Ooh. season. I think that he is managing himself in one great last hurrah and... he's almost done it. To try and he,
1: he almost did yeah, it. Yeah, he has. He's he a- almost, almost carried
0: it. us on his back and his one fucking Achilles. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, what do you think of that, Toby? What do you think of the idea of, of next year essentially having a bench, a bench that might read Zhaka, Mikitarian, Awobi, Kolasinac, Welbeck, Ainsley, Maitland, Niles? I think it's a
1: fucking good squad, personally. But you promote all them to the first team and you sort of go, meh.
0: So, But you shouldn't, in a squad, you shouldn't have to promote them all into the first team. And theoretically, Toby, if you promote all those guys into the first team, you're where we are when we're at our strongest this year. And that's the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. I think our, one of our fundamental issues are we have too many players in our starting 11 who are actually squad players who should be pushing someone better than them. And if those players aren't good enough, who are they learning off? who are they striving to become we talk about competition for places i think there's a lot of players in that arsenal squad who look beneath them look below them and think you're not having my spot
1: yep yeah. yep yeah. and that, and that from from a motivational perspective it's not going to do much for you
0: so toby taking all this this chat that we've had all this information that's on the table in front of us now the the concept of chocolate oranges and caramel-less koalas how are we actually shaping up for the end of the season and are we in fact most likely going to finish exactly where we should have finished semi-finals of europa and sitting in 5th
1: <laughs> that would be a very arsenal thing to do and and look you are right because when when we take a when we take a you know a, a view of the squad that that's less with less with our own one-eyed goggles on probably is about a fifth or sixth team and it's probably about a semi-finals Europa League squad so yeah, the hurt is because we got so close, um, and we had some real patches of uh, performance that we we saw a really great improvement with this team, but that that soft underbelly remains, unfortunately. And I think we've just we
0: got a hand job at a house party, Toby, and we thought it was going to lead to more. Yeah,
1: I I, I was going to say we've to the mean, but yes, your 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 cock teasing hand job is uh is also another way of putting that
0: i'm not even sure that we that we ejaculated um, we we may very well have i'm sure we didn't like if it was a cock tease three quarters yeah of a three quarters of a hand job and then we were left abruptly as she said that's my mum." are you just outside i've got i've got to go are you
1: just fishing for a, a title here because we haven't done any dick jokes for the whole show?
0: No, no, no. I think I'm going to call this uh, this podcast, The Arsenal Game Sucks, Let's Play Hungry Hungry Hippos. Okay. that's It also feeds my other great love except for dick humor, which is Simpsons joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all up for that. I'm all up for that. Toby, just how much are you shitting your pants about the Valencia game? On Thursday,
1: do you know what? I'm I'm not. So, uh, at home, I think I think we prediction? have been so
0: prediction before you start talking.
1: Pardon? No, 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 no. Quick I'm, I'm going to get Toby? to that prediction after I talk to myself about it. Um,
0: okay, you have a good hard chat. To yourself, will. Toby. I will.
1: It's it's usually a good oh. conversation. Um, look, I I'm so broken from this team the last week and a half, that I honestly don't expect anything or barely even give a fuck anymore. So I will watch this game with absolutely convinced that we're going to get rolled because we're a bunch of shit cunts and we don't deserve any more from this season because we managed to single-handedly throw it away when we had everything to play for and it was in our hands. So I'm absolutely convinced. And see, I talked myself into it that we're going to lose because we're a bunch of shit cunts. And with that mentality going into the game, anything positive from here to the end of the season will be a bonus. So that is my mindset.
0: I genuinely believe... That we are mentally done. I don't see how no, we're a, broken. A, I don't see how a, a Europa League tie can change the way that we are, the way that we that we feel. I mean, I can only imagine that we're going to go out at home with a back four: Maitland Niles, Kishelny, Sokratis, uh Kalasenak. Awobi, Terrera, Xhaka. Awobi, Terrera, Xhaka, Urzel, Obamiang, Lacazette. Because you've got to go all out. You've got to put all your attacking assets. We don't have that many other people, so that kind of be a two up front. Yeah, and, I'm, a-
1: and I'm not having Mikatarian and Ozil in the same team so he can sit on the bench.
0: Yeah, it's. To play um,
1: two up front, you're going to have to ditch a wide forward, so.
0: Well ditch fucking Mikatarian on four. Oh he's been he's been uh, he, fucking you know. I mean Johnny Johnny from the North Bank read the stats on um this week's Guns and, and Yellow Ribbons which came out earlier today and he read the stats out for assists in all competitions for the year. You know, and it's pretty dire reading mm. for Mezzerzal. So four four assists for Mesut. He is out assisted by Monreal, by Torreira... By Mikatarian, by Awobi, by Lacazette, by Obama Yang. It's
1: because he slows the play
0: down. It, it, it's pretty it's it's pretty does fucking things dying nicely for all the Awobi lovers good, out there. It slows the play down. And Well, again, you know, it comes it comes back to that chances created versus actual assisting Toby. It's almost like chances created were invented for players like Mesut. But that's a whole conversation I didn't want to get into. I thought we'd gone almost an entire podcast without mentioning him and his bruised foot and why he didn't play against Leicester but my score prediction Toby for the Europa League tie you ready for it? It's going to hurt mm. I can see us going down 2 or 3 nil, right and that's not me being a bad friend that's bad friend you're a bad friend that's not me being a bad fan I just don't see how anything's going to change. We've tried to put out teams to contain, and we've been fucked. Mm. We've tried to put out teams to attack, and we've been fucked. I, I I don't understand how Emery and how the Arsenal team are going to be able to go away and sit down and have a look at what's happened in the last seven days, nine days, and come up with some kind of a plan not to suck.
1: No. Because I think we've used every single plan. Like, we've played three entirely different approaches in the last
0: three games, and each... Can I give you the last approach, Toby? What? The last approach would be to go out and play kids for energy. You know, Niketia, the last couple of times Niketia's come on, he's looked really good. Well, that's I where I I would argue I, that the I reason why he's looked good is not because he is technically no, any better he's got than he was. bloody
1: desire and energy. It's it, fucking simple. Yeah. We actually looked better at times in the Europa League where we were playing fucking Chris Willock. You know, I thought Emile Death Row looked very we, good at the start Chris, of the season. Is it Chris, this one?
0: Is it Chris, this one? It's like three brothers. I don't think it's Chris, Toby. Joe Willock. This, this one's yeah. Joe? Anyway.
1: Anyway, I, I think some of that rotational stuff, giving kids an opportunity, um, you know, like their first cap type of thing and how much that means to a player and how much they're going to give. I, I, know, I know there's a fear of, you know, clutch moments in a game where inexperience can lead to bad things happening. But, you know, the extra pep... Of uh, you know of someone getting their opportunity and integrating them into the team, you know it it could have done maybe a little bit more. I'm just
0: looking for at this end of the season, Toby.
1: but like I said, Emil Smith Rowe before he got his hip injury or whatever before he went on loan looked shit hot and looked like he could have um, you know covered Welbeck and Awobi um, and Mikatone at some point. I thought we looked really good at
0: times. Um Willick will get game time next yeah. year.
1: Anyway, anyway, we don't need to go off on a whole new tangent. I
0: just wonder, Toby, I just wonder to finish us off tonight, I just wonder whether or not throwing one of those kids in there, just one. You know, maybe bring in a Willick instead of a Mikatana. Well if we had right back just cover, provide us with some energy, could, I I was, I, could I, I had put that down on my Maitland notes. Niles, Toby. I put it down on my notes. But now we won't AMN. because
1: we don't have him, because he's fucking banned. So He's not banned from fucking Europa. No, no.
0: Um, But, you know, that I think where we've... That's a whole nother story, Tobe, because we are fucked for the end of the year without AMN. You're talking about Lich coming back in or Jenko having runs for the last two games. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Fucking Koscielny is going to be sticky tape together. He's going to be like Breeze Rude.
0: Guys, on that incredibly fucking depressing note, after Toby and I tried really hard not to be depressed for the entire podcast, not to pick Arsenal for losses against Valencia, we have done the thing that we did not want to do. But what we hope we've done is that we brought you some kind of a a higher view, a, a, a different view, and tried to maybe galvanize somewhat of the Arsenal fan base into having a look at what the external problems are in the football club and not just look at the internal direct player issues that exist and maybe get people to stop trying to throw stones at Unai Emery. Guys, as Arsenal fans, our job is to love and support this team no matter how much they make us want to hang ourselves. Mm -hmm. So until after the Valencia game... Good night. Good night. Have a great evening up the Arsenal, and we will hopefully see you next week.